Welcome to the Quadcast, a Yale Divinity School podcast series focusing on issues related to religion, culture, and politics. In this episode, YDS alum Emily Judd interviews Professor of Philosophy of Religion John Pittard about the intersection of artificial intelligence, ethics, and religion. Professor Pittard predicts the negative impact AI may have on religion. The technological advances in AI that we're beginning to see with these uh, chatbots and the like... Um, is a lessening, a potential lessening of our direct dependence on our neighbors. He reflects theologically on the existence of AI robots. It's said in Genesis that we're made in God's image. You know, well, what more way to image God than, you know, create beings that have spiritual significance and consciousness and run our own worlds. And Professor Pittard argues for the development of a global alliance to address and regulate artificial intelligence. These concerns are for humanity, they're for the globe, they're not just for one country. Artificial intelligence is transforming various aspects of our lives, including religion. Some religious leaders are using AI, the AI platform chat, GPT to write sermons for them. And there is even now a robotic priest named Mindar who is housed in a Buddhist temple in Japan. And this robot delivers sermons, interacts with worshipers. But from a Christian philosophical perspective, is it sacrilegious to incorporate in artificial intelligence into religious practice? Um, I think it would be foolish to kind of make a general pronouncement on that. So um, there are myriad ways AI might influence religious practice or be incorporated into the religious life in some way. I would rather think of a general principle, which I think will suggest a lot of caution um, about incorporating AI in certain ways. Um, And so an important aspect of the Christian vision of the good and meaningful life, I think, is this mutual responsibility that we have towards one another serving one another, benefiting one another. So you might think of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 talking about believers coming into the worshiping community with all these different uh, gifts that they use to build up the entire community. So what I see is a major risk posed by uh, the technological advances in AI that we're beginning to see with these uh, chatbots and the like, um, is a lessening, a potential lessening of our direct dependence on our neighbors or our fellow our fellow sojourners, you know, in these communities of of belief um, on people we actually see and that the richness and value found in those bonds of mutual responsibility would be impoverished or attenuated in some way. What I worry about with AI is there's this whole other realm of, of activity that wasn't kind of susceptible to this kind of risk that now is. So, you know, someone might use AI for counseling, for friendship, um, for spiritual direction, Um, Even if a a pastor is giving a sermon, there's a sense in which that pastor has invested less of herself or himself in the sermon prep if they're using chat GPT. Um, Maybe I'm really liking, I'm being, you know, stimulated in a good way in some sense by the worship at church, but that worship song maybe was written by an AI the previous, you know, day or so. Um, that's not really a matter of AI being sacrilegious in some sense. It's not like misusing something sacred, but it may be... Um, failing to use uh, our minds, our hearts, our loves in a certain way, that, that is, it is sacred. It may be a displacement of something that is kind of at the core of what's most sacred, I think, in the Christian vision. I mean, what scares me is when I heard of this robotic priest 
in the Buddhist temple, I was just thinking, oh my gosh, I can't imagine I'm Catholic. So I can't imagine going to a robotic priest for confession or, you know, something like that. So, I mean, and the robots the don't look, the robots aren't very impressive at this point. I mean, they're impressive, but yes. you know, they don't have that human touch, but mm-hmm. that could change. Uh, you could imagine, um, it might be easier to create the quote human touch and, virtual worlds, uh, in metaverse context or something like that. I mean, you could imagine going to a church, a, you know, church in a virtual world, put on your, uh, VR goggles and you don't know who the humans are and who the AI generated avatars are, the AI bots are. And, um, you know, whether that's the person sitting next to you, <laughs> who's a, an AI populated pew, you know, or whether that's the the pastor or, um, you know, someone you're praying with. I mean, this is, um, right now the human touch I think is lacking. Uh, you know, it's notably lacking, but I think that's not inevitable and that may not persist. And that's what worries me or one of the things that worries me. Do you think an AI robot could have a life that is spiritually significant. Could an AI robot exercise a relationship with God? What does Christianity have to say about that? Whether a robot could have a spiritually significant life, whether it could experience God, I mean, a lot of these are just going to be sort of like, well, would it be good for God to create a world where robots could do that? And where we have the power to create artificial beings that can have those sorts of experiences. But it's important to reflect on that question, to use your theological resources for thinking about, I don't know, would God want us to have that power? I mean, we're it's said in Genesis that we're made in God's image, you know, well, what more way to image God than, you know, create beings that have spiritual significance and consciousness and run our own worlds, you know, I mean, that, that might be one reason for thinking that. On the other hand, you might think, wow, that would be investing us with a power that we're sure to abuse and that would result in the suffering of, you know, potentially significant suffering of these entities that we create, that we don't even know their moral status. And maybe God would want to steer away from giving us those sorts of powers and retain those powers to create spiritually significant beings with souls or consciousness or whatever. Maybe God would want to retain that power of God's self. I mean, so I can think of theological kind of resources on both sides, but I would, I, I, I don't take myself to be in a good position to pronounce on that question with confidence. Now, U.S. Congress and other entities are grappling with how to regulate AI. What regulations, if any, should be made to constrain the development of AI for the common good? Yeah, so this is an extremely important question. Um, it's certainly one that I'm interested in. It's it's also one that I'm not an expert on, um, but you know, the standard worries about the regulation. I mean, there's at least two kinds of worries. One is enforceability. You know, how do you know whether someone is deploying AI or um, or developing AI or researching certain kinds of AI that maybe we think should be off limits? Um, but a separate fear is even if in, our, in the jurisdictions where there is regulation, even if they're enforceable, is a fear of outside of that jurisdiction of, of bad or irresponsible actors continuing to develop and deploy AI and our worries about our being on the losing end of an arms race. So, I mean, the European Union is certainly talking about a, a framework for AI regulation that involves assuring human oversight, 
of important decisions, even if AI is being employed, and also making sure that these algorithms, which are can be very hard to understand why the AI is making decisions it makes, making sure that the algorithms are, in some sense, explicable and understandable. Um, and then I think there's, you know, there can be a legal framework for enforcing those that give people legal recourse if those aren't met by companies or institutions deploying these technologies. Um, but the uh, the arms the arms race concern I think seems to be what leads people to not want to put some really hard constraint on developing advanced human like AI, um, and uh, that is a an unfortunate reality. I, I think this is I don't like the fatalism of oh well China's going to keep doing it so you know just we should just uh, unleash all it. of our yeah just go for it. I I think that's that's just writing off more hopeful possibilities before they're even explored. I think this is an opportunity to try to build um, some kind of alliances even across, you know, because these concerns are for humanity, they're for the globe, they're not just for one country. And maybe this is an opportunity to build some kind of productive conversation, at least around one domain with China and other actors. So my final question for you is what actions do you think that religious leaders can take to protect humanity from the moral and spiritual risks that may lie ahead in relation to artificial intelligence? One is to just realize um, we need to think about this carefully as, a, as religious thinkers, as religious communities, um, and realize that we have a, a very proper place at the table. Uh, this isn't um, a mere technology sort of question. This is a question about our human future. And, um, and then to really address this with, um, I, I would, you know, with appropriate urgency, um, because there's still some time to think about how we direct these institutions and forces that are developing the, the, this technology. Well, it's good to know that the religious thinkers at Yale Divinity School are already uh, putting in this work and, and thoughts. But thank you so much for joining us today on this very urgent and relevant topic. It was great talking with you.